Well, good morning, everybody, both here and online. Uh, my name is Jim Barker. <clears throat> I have the honor of serving as an elder here at Oak Hills Church. Uh, it is really good to be with you this morning. I look forward to our time together. You know, one of the greatest things about standing up here, it's being able to look at all the radiant faces the fathers redeemed. And it's quite a beautiful sight to see. <clears throat> Jesus said, if the sun shall set you free, you will be free indeed. This morning, we're going to learn about finding freedom in Jesus and joining Jesus in his freedom mission of bringing God's truth and love to our confused culture today. Now, Father, we, uh, we just would like to open our hearts to what you'd like to have to say to us today through your word. Anyone in here like movies, especially the movies that tell the great epic stories? Well, we all do. Why? Because, uh, because the stories speak to our hearts. And why? Because our lives are stories, stories that are being lived and stories that are being told. And as it turns out, the great author is very interested in the lives that our stories are telling. And speaking of movies, telling great stories, has anyone seen the movie Braveheart? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you've seen the movie, who can forget the scene at the Field of Sterling? On one side, Longshanks, heavily armed forces, 300 heavy horsemen. And on the other side, the common people of Scotland in defiance of the tyranny in the cause of freedom. The overmatched Scots are getting ready to leave the field of battle when all of a sudden Braveheart, William Wallace, rides out in front of the people. Sons of Scotland, I see thousands of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You were born as free men. Free men you are. But what will you do without your freedom? Will you fight for it? Against that, 300 heavy horsemen, no, we'll die. Go home and we will live. I fight and you may die. Go home and you will live for a while. But one day, many days from now, dying in your beds, would you be willing to trade all the days from that day to this day for one chance, just one chance to come back and tell your enemies, you can take our lives, but you can't take our freedom. The Scots are inspired in the cause of freedom against tyranny, and they win on the field of Sterling. Later, in a castle of one of the nobles, William Wallace is on his knees. He's being knighted captain and guardian of Scotland. He no sooner gets up off his knees than the nobles begin to argue among themselves about their titles and their lands. Wallace will have none of it. He's leaving the room. One of the nobles cries out, William, where are you going? I'm going to defeat the enemy on his own ground. That's impossible. Why is that impossible? You guys are so busy squabbling for the scraps from Longshank's table. You've missed your God-given right to something better. There's a difference between us. You think the people exist for your lands and titles. I think you exist for their freedom. I go to make sure that they have it. Inspiring, isn't it? Why? Because isn't the longing for freedom one of the deepest longings of our God-fashioned hearts? After all, do you know anybody that wakes up in the morning wondering, I wonder what I can live in bondage to today? 
Nobody does that. We all long for freedom. And aren't all the great stories, either fictional or true, aren't they freedom stories? Sam and Frodo on their mission to free Middle Earth. Peter, Susan, Lucy, and Edmund to free Narnia. Moses and his freedom mission to free God's people from slavery in Egypt. Samson and Gideon to free people from the oppression of their enemies. David risking his life in the cause of freedom to defeat Goliath. And let us not forget the tens and tens and tens of thousands of our American servicemen and women who have lost and given their lives in the cause of freedom. Yes, this is Memorial Day weekend. On this weekend, we remember those who have given their lives to secure our freedom. And we're reminded that freedom is not cheap. Freedom is costly. And there's no greater valor, no greater honor. There is no greater love that when one gives his or her life for the freedom of another. So Father, this Memorial Day, we would like to thank you for those who have given their lives for our freedom. We honor them, Father, today. But of all the freedom stories that could ever be told, there is no greater freedom story than the story of God the Father sending his son, paying the highest cost that could ever be paid for our freedom. Jesus declared, greater love has no one than this, than one lay down his life for his friends. As it turns out, Jesus performed a one-man raid into enemy-occupied territory to set us free from the oppression of the enemy and our slavery to sin at the source of all the wars, violence, bloodshed, crime, abuse, racism, poverty, divorce, broken homes, and broken lives. These are but symptoms of what our alienation from God has done in our lives just as Satan planned it. What would God do to defeat the enemy, to restore life as it's meant to be? Well, the apostle John tells us in his first letter, he writes, the son of God appeared for this purpose that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, out there in West Texas, they say them, there's fighting words, and they are. What are the works of the devil that Jesus came to destroy? The devil's works are pretty simple. His tactics are to deceive, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And it all begins with deceiving us. It all begins with selling us a lie about freedom. You know the story in Genesis 3. Allow me to recount it in a paraphrase sort of a way. All was good and all was right with God and man. And then the devil in the form of a serpent sleeps, slips into the garden and says to Eve, Indeed, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? What nerve God has limiting your freedom, Eve no, uh, of the trees in the garden, we may freely eat, but the one in the middle of the garden, we cannot eat of it lest we die. Die, die, you're not gonna die. God is a liar. 
God is selfish. He knows that in the day you eat of that tree, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. God is holding out on you. You need to know the truth. And the truth is, you can never be really free until you are free of God. Tragically, Adam and Eve bought the lie, alienating them from God with destruction to follow as the pages of Scripture, the pages of history, and the evening news reports daily. Yes, the enemy of God came to deceive, to steal, to kill, and destroy. He has infamously succeeded. And we've all, all of us, to one degree or another, We've experienced the life-stealing, soul-distorting, and warping effects of his victory. But there's good news, folks. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Amen? Our freedom that could never be won by force, our freedom that could never be won by force, God would win through truth and sacrificial love. To destroy the works of the devil, God the Father sent his son to save us and set us free through his self-giving death on Calvary. And his salvation invitation is open to all. Jesus said it most clearly this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And let us be clear about what God's idea of salvation is all about. It is not primarily about getting out of hell and into heaven. That's the result of salvation. And it is not primarily about getting our sins forgiven. That clears the way for salvation. Salvation is God coming to live in us. So what is true of him may be true of us, expressed through all that we are, say, and do, in every relationship, circumstance, and task to the blessing and well-being of all whom we know. I ask you, can you imagine anything greater than that being true in your life? To pray for this is first. So, Father, this morning we do pray that you will save us and save us to the uttermost so what is true of you will be true in us, expressed through all that we are, say, and do. And to experience God and God's gift of salvation, God invites us to join him in his soul and simple terms of relationship to live God-filled, God-rich lives. God's terms of relationship is mutual, unconditional self-giving. And when it comes to unconditional self-giving, God raises his hand, I'll go first. You see, the devil had it dead wrong about God. God is not a tight-fisted God who would withhold anything from us. No, he will not use his fist to force us into submission, no. God is an open-handed, open-hearted God who gives all that he is and all that he has to us for our joy and blessing and well-being. The father would give his son, the son would give his life for us, but he can't give himself to that. He can't as long as we're holding on to our lives and what we're grasping at to make life work for us. God can't give himself to us, but 
if we'll confess our sin, our need of God, if we'll open our hearts and lives to God, to give our lives to God, God says, now I can come into you and I will fill you with myself. What is true of me will become true of you. I will enrich your life with mine and your life will become a God-rich blessing to everybody that you know. Can you imagine anything greater than that? May I say, if you have not engaged God on God's terms to experience a life-transforming relationship with God, please do not delay. Please, by faith, entrust your life to the one who first gave his life for you. I ask you, what do you have to lose? Your guilt? Your shame? Your insecurities? Your hang-ups? Your fears? What do you have to gain? God. So whoever you are, whatever you've done, no matter how fast or far you've run, hiding in shame, burdened with guilt, oh, what lives of pretense you've built, will you come out from behind your walls to give me your life, your all in all, all that you are and all that you've been, all of your flaws and all of your sin? I'll take your life, your life to, your, to my cross. To die with me, you'll think it great loss, but the loss you suffer is not an end. It's only a beginning. You'll be born again, born brand new, born from above, for I'll live in you as a child of my love. Your union with me expressed every day through all that you are and all that you say, your God-rich life blessing all whom you know, all drinking freely from the overflow as a true expression of true humanity, me living in you and you abiding in me. Folks, this is the hope of the gospel, and it is good news. And make no mistake, when what is true of God is true in you, you will be free indeed. And this brings us to the main thing that I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to focus our attention on our God-given mission calling to help others find God's truth and love and freedom in Jesus in our morally deceived and confused culture today. Our vision statement here at Oak Hills is we are a community of disciples who courageously engage culture with God's hope in Jesus where we live, work, learn, and play. Jesus expressed it this way in his prayer to his father. Father, as you sent me into the world, I've also sent them into the world. What does this mean? It means that our calling is to be to the people in our world today what Jesus was to the people in his world then through the power of his presence within. Jesus came bringing God's truth and love to a deceived and sin-corrupted world that lies in the power of the evil one. And now we are Christ's body in whom Christ lives. Our God-given freedom mission is to bring God's truth and love to the deceived and sin-corrupted culture of our time. Paul stated our calling so clearly in his letter to as uh, his Christ church in Philippi, he wrote, prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent 
children of God, above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding forth to them the word of life. Christ's church is Christ's presence on earth. What are churches meant to be? What is Oak Hill's church? Oak Hill's church is one of God's kingdom outposts in enemy-occupied territory. As it turns out, the world is not a playground. The world is a battlefield where an epic war is being waged for the eternal souls of men and women and children. My brothers and sisters, this is serious business. We have a mission to embrace. We have a mission to live. Just listen to how Paul describes the nature of, this, of our spiritual warfare. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. The enemy of God and man has not changed his tactics. He is still peddling the old lie that true freedom can only be found in being free from God to live life as we please with no restrictions. And his lie continues to be a bestseller throughout the ages. It was even to God's chosen people. Just listen, just listen to how God commented on his people in Jeremiah's time. Why then do my people say, at last we are free from God. We don't need him anymore. That is so sad. But the enemy has sowed this same lie into the hearts and minds of the humanist philosophers in 19th century Europe. And it resulted in an atheistic ideology that declares that man and man's reason and science has replaced God as the source and determiner of all things. This ideology declares that there is no such thing as a North Star of objective moral truth from God to tell us what is right and wrong or healthy or good. This means we've all set sail in the dark and dangerous sea of life, subjecting, navigating by the subjective lights in the bow of our own little boats with no destination and no rudder. Whatever my feelings tell me is true is true. Whatever I want to be true is true. And I think you might agree, this makes for a very confusing and dangerous world. Indeed. Does it sound familiar? It should. It's hard to deny that this seductive and dangerous ideology is very prevalent in our culture today. And the consequences to men and women and children and families and to our country is, are devastating. Just as the enemy of God and man intended. But my brothers and sisters... This is precisely where we are to be God's people to courageously engage culture with God's hope in Jesus where we live, work, learn, and play. Like Jesus, we're called in the cause of freedom to bring God's truth and love to a deceived, morally confused, and sin-corrupted world. And we would do well to heed the exhortation of Paul as he wrote, to Christ's church in Colossae. He said, see to it that no one takes you captive. He's writing to the body of Christ here. Through philosophy 
in empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. I have spoken with many young people who have grown up in good Christian homes, who have bought the enemy's lies to become the enemy's captive through godless philosophies and the empty, destructive deceptions of men to end up living morally confused, disoriented lives of futility, despair, depression, various addictions, and even suicide. And folks, the statistics on this are alarming. With this in mind, Paul wrote to Timothy to counsel him about pastoring God's people. He wrote, in case I'm delayed, I I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. This means that we at Oak Hills Church are to be the pillar and support of the truth in a culture who have their feet firmly planted in midair. We are called to live right side up kingdom of God lives in a confused culture that is upside down. What truth is Paul referring to? Truth from God is revealed in Jesus Christ and God's written word, the Bible. Truth from God to guide our lives to moral health, joy, blessing, and well-being. Truth from God providing divine values that, as Paul wrote, are to expose the destructive lies of the enemy and his plan to destroy our lives. What are some of these bedrock pillars of truth from God and his non-negotiable divine values that we are to hold onto and teach our children? God's values that are to ground us in reality so that we and our children do not get swept away by the strong riptide current of the destructive ideas in our culture today. Much could be said about each of the divine values to follow. But for the sake of time, here's a brief summary. It all begins with the most basic truth of all. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And then these thoughts these most beautiful and profound thoughts. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in the utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born truth from God. We are created in God's image, woven together in our mother's wombs. This means that life, both inside and outside the womb, is sacred, precious, to be protected and cared for at all costs. Abortion is taking the life of an unborn human being. This... This truth from God dispels the murderous lie that human life in the womb is a massive tissue with no inherent right to life of its own and can be eliminated for any reason. And tragically, 
The enemy's lie has resulted in over 63 million deaths of unborn human beings in our country alone. And we, with God, are to stand for life. This leads us to our next foundational truth from God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. This truth from God, human gender identity is given to us by God as determined by our biology. A male and a female are easily identified at birth. And this truth from God exposes the absurd, soul-poisoning, morally confusing lie of the enemy that maintains one's gender identity can be chosen, determined by how one feels, even at a very early age. Sadly, this identity-warping idea is ruining the lives of so many in our culture today, especially our young people. And we are to stand for the truth that our sexual identity is assigned to us by God and to be fully embraced for the beautiful gift that it is. This leads us to our next truth from God. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Truth from God, marriage is a lifetime commitment between a man and a woman. And the nuclear family of husband, wife, and children, it is the essential building block of a, of a healthy society. This light of truth from God exposes the dangerous, life-distorting lies that marriage can be between anyone, same sex or not, easily dissolved, and the nuclear family can be whatever you want it to be and is ultimately not essential. Believing these poisonous lies have resulted in the breakdown of the nuclear family with devastating consequences to our country. And this leads us to our... This leads us to God's next truth to guide our lives into moral health, joy, blessing, and well-being. A man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Truth from God, sexual union is a beautiful and sacred gift from God to be fully expressed and enjoyed by a man and a woman, but only in the context of the covenant relationship of marriage. God's light of truth about his... God's light of truth about his sacred 
gift of sex exposes the dark and hollow and empty and destructive lie of the enemy that sexual union is merely a biological function to be expressed by anyone, with anyone, regardless of gender or commitment. Tragically, embracing this lie of the enemy has resulted in unwanted pregnancies, fatherless homes, and lives of heartache, futility and despair, and especially for women. Now allow me a comment. Something just said may have stung you badly. I understand. You may have at some point crossed the line and violated one or more of these basic values from God. I have in more than one of them. No life is without poor choices and flaws. But may we take heart and accept God's gracious offer as written by the Apostle John. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Oh, I love this. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then last, last, the truth about what's gone wrong with life and the only solution. The enemy sowed into man the lie that the problem with life, wars, violence, crime, abuse, poverty, racism is outside of man. All man really needs is financial security, opportunity, education, better circumstances, and good laws. Man has an external problem that needs an external solution. It's not too difficult, is it, to see this ideology at work in our culture and world today? With man as the source and measure and determiner of all things, and the problems of life being outside of man, major political movements have been birthed, communism at the top of the list, resulting in the deaths of an estimated 140 to 200 million of their own people. Why? Because man decided to be his own God. History reveals this has never worked and can never work. For the problem with life is not out there, it's in here. The problem with life is in man. And this leads us to our next truth from God. Truth from God reveals that the problem with what's gone wrong with life at the source of wars, violence, crime, bloodsheds, racism, poverty, and abuse of all kinds is in man. Truth from God declares that man is a sinner, alienated from God, and choosing his own way, plunged life into hell on earth. Here's how Paul expresses it. Get a load of this. See if anything sounds familiar. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, and impotence to love or to be loved, 
divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. Paul says, I could go on. Anything sound or feel familiar? Truth from God reveals only one solution for our internal problem, salvation through believing in Jesus Christ to receive God's forgiveness for our sins and his indwelling eternal life. Truth from God declares that man will spend eternity in one of two places. Depending on what we do with Jesus Christ, will we trust him to spend all eternity with God in heaven? Or will we say no to spend all eternity in hell apart from him? Man needs a savior. There's only one. His name is Jesus. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Yes, we are born again sons and daughters of God, called to be the presence of Christ on earth bringing God's truth and love to a deceived, lost, and confused world. It is holding and living these basic truths, these basic pillars of truth from God. That's what makes us salt and light in the world. But this raises a needed question. It's always the hardest question. It's the question of how. How are we to win the hearts of those held captive by the lies of the enemy, to lead them to freedom in Christ. Paul offered these words to guide us. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and lead them to obey Christ. Paul makes it clear that the battle we are to fight is in the arena of human reasoning and ideas. Why ideas? Because ideas are the most powerful force in human life. Because it is ideas that form our beliefs, our beliefs that then determine how we live. And I do not believe that we will ever win the hearts of others to freedom in Christ when we engage them in the arena of politics, parties, politicians, or personal behaviors. I believe this is a losing strategy, for these are only the results of their beliefs and the ideas that inform their beliefs. When engaging others with God's hope in Jesus for their lives, we need to engage others at the root source. We need to drill down to engage others in the ideas that inform their beliefs. You might try this. I have found to be a very unoffensive and winsome way of engaging others. Try it out. But first, get to know the person. Listen to them. 
pay attention, be sensitive to them and their story, and then you can ask them, you know, I'd like to get to know you a little better. I'm curious. Can you tell me what you believe at the source of the way you live? They may never have thought about this, but they need to. They need to help them state what they believe. And once they do, then we can ask them, can you tell me about the ideas that informed your beliefs, where those ideas came from, and are they true? Once again, they probably will never, never thought about that, but they need to. Help them state their beliefs and the source of them. Put the ball in their court. Let them wrestle with the questions. Many times I have found this might help them see the utter bankruptcy of what they believe. And I found that this can lead to some deeply meaningful conversations and a chance to share our beliefs and then the source of them to then share with others how we have found God's truth and love and hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And then last, we'll close. Let's follow Paul's advice. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have a right response for everyone. Sons and daughters of God, I see over a thousand of my brothers and sisters in Christ here in the cause of freedom in defiance of the enemy's lies and the slavery to sin. Born of God, you are free, but what will you do with your freedom? Will you join Jesus Christ in his freedom mission of bringing God's truth and love to others where you live, work, learn, and play? If you will join Jesus in his freedom mission, would you please stand? Oh, Father, we stand for truth in Jesus. Now, Father, equip us in every good thing to do your will working in us that which is pleasing in your sight. And Father, please guide us in helping others to find freedom in Jesus just as we have. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay.